up everybody welcome to another episode of the talk my credo podcast this is episode 28 hey we're getting up in there episode 28 that's my college football number right there now yes sir so it's your boy dante credo here with my brothers from another Craig mac is in the building what's going on man salute and you know the the minister from down under Mandela, Peace Shaw was in the building. What's going on, bro? Give us us free. Give us us, us free. Us free. <laughs> <laughs> but man, man, we got we got some stuff to get into today. Just a a, a bunch of ratchetness, ratchetity, I like to call it. Um, and a bunch of crazy stuff. We are one day removed from that dreaded Mother's Day. So that means all your, I understand if y'all got paid this weekend, I feel for you because I know your check is gone. Your check is gone. But all in all, all uh, misogynistic jokes aside, uh, <laughs> <Aww>. <laughs> uh, I do hope that everyone had a, a very good uh, Mother's Day. Uh, we were just talking before we went live and, um, you know, my parents came up and um, celebrated, if you will, with us. Really didn't, not really with us. They just wanted to see the kids. I just so happened to be in the house at the time. Um, but had a real good, real good Mother's Day. Bought wifey uh, uh, one of them foot massage things. Oh, yeah. Electric foot massage things that, you know, she's even, you know, uh, subliminally implanting in my mind like Inception that she wanted. So went on and got one of those. So, you know, that was half my paycheck right there. So yeah, that wasn't a joke. <laughs> nah, I'm joking. But other than that, she's happy, so the house is happy. Well, my Mother's Day, of course. Well, you know, I got my mama, mama shout to everybody in Cleveland County, and uh, you know, she's an amazing woman. She does so much. She continues to do so much. And sometimes I just gotta say, Mama, sit down, relax. I got this. She so, um, right. And all the kids, and all the kids were here. You know, they wasn't able to see their mother. Um, I think them. I think that my ex-wife, you know, she was busy, but um, you know, they was available for her. But so we had all the kids here. So you know, that was just amazing. The only one that was missing was my brother Andrew, all the way in Phoenix, Arizona. Uh-huh. But um, but my I gave Mama Shaw y'all love, and um, and you know, of course, she always try to find a way to give it back. But you know, I, I love my mama to death. Shout shouts to Mama Shaw again. I love you, Mama. Mama Shaw, love yeah. you. Yeah, and Mother's Day, Mother's Day in my household, you know, to to the mother of my children, Happy Mother's Day. Mother's Day in my household is every day, just like Father's Day is too. Yep. Yeah, I agree. Shit, I wish I get that. <laughs> it's it's always Father's responsibility. Father's day. responsibility. Father's accountability. <laughs> accountability day. Oh, but. So yeah. I definitely get that. No, I had a pretty good Mother's Day. We went and saw my wife's grandmother. Family came down. It was a good time. Everybody had a real good time. So yeah. shout out to all the mothers out there. Hold it down, putting it down. Uh, we out. wouldn't be here without you. Much yeah. love. Yeah. Again, all jokes aside, salute to all the mothers out there. Um, we understand that it takes a different type of strength to to do what you do. Uh, whether there is, you know, a spouse in the home or not, especially if there isn't, you know, just extra salute to y'all. Uh, nothing but love and respect. And this day is much deserved as every day, as P. Shaw mentioned, is is Mother's Day. So salute and much love to all of y'all out there. Um, and while we're showing love, y'all show love back and subscribe to our YouTube channel, Talk My Credo. Thank you. Uh, so... <laughs> I mean, let's let's just get right into this. So this first segment, I do want to get out the way because it is a, a little long, but it's it's we're we're gonna kind of dip a, a foot, not necessarily a toe, but we're gonna dip a foot into the the stop Asian hate narrative because it continues to pick up steam in your mainstream media outlets. And you know, of course, I had my address the last time which apparently has resonated with a lot of people because I've gotten, 
you know, a lot of responses on the YouTube channel. Again, y'all subscribe to that. Uh, and it's quickly becoming the the most watched and commented on video on that channel, which is crazy because a lot of people honestly did not believe the things that I was saying. They thought I was just ranting and talking out the side of my neck. So um, there is one particular thought I wanted to add to that. And then I brought some some different perspectives to kind of let you hear it from the horse's mouth. So these clips are a little long. They're a few minutes long, but I do want you guys uh, that's listening to kind of, you know, buckle down, strap in. We're going to get through these and then, you know, we're going to get up out of here. But there is a very interesting thought that uh, I've had and it was conveyed through Michael J. White. You know, he's a, you know, a B-list actor, so to speak. Uh, martial artist, been in a lot of stuff, uh, whatever. But he sat down on a recent interview and he, he had an opinion and a perspective about something that I've been thinking about all this time. And so I want to talk about this and then we're going to jump into another video here right quick. So let's let's check this out. If you really pay attention to even what's going on right now, right? You know, God help them. The stop Asian hate. I mean, come on, this is absolutely wrong. But I want you to notice one thing. That stop Asian hate. You go, you go, okay, similar to Black Lives Matter, right? But what's different? There's no white opposition to stop Asian hate at all. You don't hear anything. If for the history of black people trying to stay, stand up point. for each other, for the history of saying black is beautiful, black lives matter, all lives matter. Well, wait a minute. But no, all lives stop Asian hate. Okay. Yeah, no, no one's saying nobody's saying stop, stop all hate. hate. Yeah, you're right. You're Where absolutely is, right. So it's like yeah, you're right. I'm just going, this is a, this is a very teachable moment. We could learn something here. It's right in front of us right now. Stop Asian hate. I don't hear nothing. nothing. Why, why are people so comfortable when black people say, stop killing us, stop. No, 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 we have to chime in on your matters. Mm. Why is that? Is there a thing with this, you think you own us or, or is it, the fear of retribution for what you've done. Let's be honest. It's a teachable subject. It's a teachable time. Yeah. So I would like people to ask themselves, all the people who said, no, all lives matter. What are you saying? What was your first thought when they said, stop Asian hate? What did you think? Did you go, of course, that's terrible for what's happening to Asians. But when you heard Black Lives Matter, what was your next thought? Wait a minute. Why would you dare oppose that? Yeah. No, that's a that's an excellent point. You're right. I've never heard someone say stop all hate. Right. It sounds stupid when you say it. Out it would sound as stupid as all lives matter. Yeah. Oh. So he said exactly what I've been thinking and I've been sitting back and watching. So, I mean, there's nothing more to really say because Michael J. White said everything that's needed to say. So I'm only going to pose a question. Where is that opposition? And why isn't there a stop all hate response or rebuttal to stop Asian hate? What do you guys uh, think about that? Real quick, I just yeah. want to tell you it's called programming mm -hmm. and conditioning. Mm. You program, which means you tell them what you want them to do, right? And then you condition them to do mm -hmm. it, uh, whether by education, by entertainment, by history, by technology, uh, whatever it is you got to do. First, you got to program them. This is what we want you to do. This is how you're going to do it. So basically through subliminal messaging and just as you say as as through conditioning this is how you spread a message 
just when you get to it, you know, I got a, I got a lot of good bit of Asian friends. At one point, I, I you know, I think I, I would have thought, you know, I would probably would have been married to one, you know. Mm-hmm. But um, the fact that, like he said, it's a program thing because I think we as society uh, in America, the only opposition for racism, you don't think racism with no other race but black to white. When you, when you say it like that, and then going off what Craig said, and then going off what what um what Michael J said, um. It's just one of those times to where all the things that the black people are trying to do or wanted to do, not even going to mention Black Lives Matter, but just in general to say, you know, um, Black Lives Matter. OK, cool. Yeah, that's right. All lives matter. But when they say Asian hate, just, just to know that nobody is sta- is talking junk about it. Nobody is opposing it. Nobody is saying anything about it. It's like, all right, y'all hate black people that much. Y'all dislike black people that much. So here is my thought. Like I said, you know, of course, you know, uh, there, there's been a crazy upsurge in anti-Asian crimes and, and violence uh, since, you know, uh, Donald Trump's presidency, pre- presidency. But of course, you know, when given it, you know, truthful context, you know, it has been going on for a long time. Um, but I surmise that the reason that there is no real opposition to stop Asian hate why you don't see people running out the gate saying, no, 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 no. Stop all hate. We need to stop hating everybody, not just Asians. We need to stop hating it. So are, are you saying that, you know, we should only stop hating Asians? And what about white people? What about the only reason we haven't done that is because the opposition is not white people. Mm. Because it's being painted as black people are the main antagonist to Asian hate because when it was Black Lives Matter, you knew that the racism that we're talking about is coming from the majority of white people white and people. white supremacist structure. So people took it personally and they took offense. So it's like, no, 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 no. What are you saying? You're saying Black Lives Matter more, or are you saying only Black Lives Matter? So that's when they did that whole mental gymnastics thing. But if yeah, it's not yeah, yeah. Asian hate, it's like. Yeah, stop Asian hate because look at what those black people are doing to those Asians. Like that—that's the narrative that they're that they're doing. Mm-hmm. So that's why they don't have any any opposition because they themselves don't feel threatened, even though they're very well responsible for it and just has as much of a hand in it as anyone. They don't feel that there is an actual backlash because there is a correlation when it comes to Asian. And whiteness, there is mm. a a pseudo acceptance there, because the Asian community has this obsession, if you will, with whiteness. And don't take my word for it. So we're gonna watch another little clip here, and like this one's a little long. That's why I wanted to get this one done early. But it's about mm, about five minutes. But she's speaking a lot of truth. So this is Cheyenne Lynn. She also runs a channel on YouTube. Really good stuff. So for you listeners, go check her out. Her name is Cheyenne. It's C-H-E-Y-E-N-N-E. Lynn. L-I-N. So here's what she has to say about the Asian uh, obsession with whiteness and how it correlates to anti-black discrimination in Asia, Asian society, and also in American society. Let's check it out that I get a lot when I make videos about beauty standards in Asia and how European beauty standards have seeped into Eastern standards of beauty. I always get like this same comment that says, what are you talking about? The East, specifically China, Japan, and Korea, have always been obsessed with whiteness. For centuries, no matter what country you come from, whether it's the countries I listed previously or any other East or Southeast Asian country has been obsessed with whiteness even before colonial times. And it is true that whiteness in those countries meant white like a pearl or white like the moon, like a glowing kind of iridescent white rather than the peachy or kind of, yeah, the kind of peachy white that a lot of white people are just endowed with. However, after the East was 
opened by white imperialists, we still wanted to be white because white was always associated with goodness, godliness, and just being rich and having a higher class status. And thus we kind of turned our backs on our darker skinned countrymen who we saw as backwards just because they had darker skin. Colorism already mm. existed in the Asian community before white people came over and after they did, it just got a lot worse. And just because colorism and classism has always existed in Asia and outside of it in the larger diaspora, doesn't mean it was ever okay. And today we are bombarded with images of white Eurocentric beauty, no matter where you are in the world. And wanting to be white has stayed the same, but the reasons behind it have become ever more insidious. What really grinds my gears is when people say that because Asia has always been obsessed with whiteness, even before the colonial era, that they're immune to Western images and propaganda, because let's be real, no one is. Like, we are all at the mercy of the white hegemony, so let's just own up to it. Like, how can you ignore hundreds of years of colonialism, racism, xenophobia, re-education to hate your own nation and your own skin color? Like, it's beyond me. And besides wanting lighter skin, a lot of other beauty standards in Asia are still white Eurocentric inspired. Higher nose bridges, jawline reduction <clears throat> surgery to make your face smaller, double eyelid surgery, and others are all there to help Asian people look more white. And yes, maybe some of these standards were influenced by the, for example, auspicious Chinese horoscope, but I doubt it. Like I said before, comments that say Asian people have been obsessed with being white for centuries, even before colonial times, doesn't address colorism or classism in those communities. It's been long said that the wealthy stayed indoors to keep their skin light, where the poor people had to work outside and get dark. However, in reality, anyone from any class can be a range of skin tones. That's why even in ancient times, aristocrats used unsafe measures and also like pearl creams to lighten their skin. I think that with all the knowledge we have today, people would stop this pursuit of whiteness, but they don't because they know that they'll be treated better and are more likely to get a job if they have lighter skin. And who can afford those safe whitening treatments? The wealthy. And who's mixing with the upper white echelon of international high society? light-skinned Asian people who then bring those ideals home and make their darker-skinned countrymen feel inferior. And those dark-skinned people who feel inferior seek out lethal and dangerous treatments to lighten their skin because they're desperate. And yeah, that's sad and horrible, but we shouldn't just wave it off as tradition. Besides beauty standards, there are a lot of other ways that Asian people hold up whiteness, which shows me and should show all of us that Asian people have not evaded centuries of globalization or imperialism like some commentators might think. So number one, why are half-white Asian babies used to sell everything and are the epitome of class and sophistication, whereas black Asian babies or half-black Asian people are seen as the dregs of society? So number two, why is it okay for Asian men to date white women but not the other way around? That's more sexist than anything, but I think it still counts, so I'm putting it on the list. Three, why are Asian people obsessed with traveling to European countries and recreating those atmospheres at home? And four, why does Hollywood cast white people in Asian roles? Because they know that it'll make big bucks in Asia. White people in Asia are exotic, but they're also seen as smart, cultured, intelligent, beautiful, and all the other positive things you can think of. And yeah, it is shitty that a lot of people in the developing world see their own countries and practices, cultural practices as backwards, but that was created purposefully by the West, let's say, um, to make imperialism and exploitation seem okay. We shouldn't deny that we've been influenced by something that was supposed to influence us. And I get that maybe you could say we want what's rare in the community, Let's be real. Let's address the colorism and whiteness issues of today rather than those issues of a thousand years ago. And just to end, I just want to bring up some current event issues. So for example, the coronavirus has told us that we were never white. I don't know why a lot of Asian people in America um, have not realized that they are not white, but I understand the need and want to latch on to that white privilege. But let's just stop it. 
I think we really need to have some deep and intense conversations about racism and what race is in the Asian community and have more solidarity with black and brown people who face the brunt of racism every single day. Okay, so uh, thank you guys for your patience, but I do think that that was a very enlightening perspective from an actual Asian person. Um, again, that is Cheyenne Lynn. Uh, subscribe to her. She has some great content. What do you guys think? I know that was a, a little long, but what do you guys think of that? So it doesn't matter if it's white. It doesn't matter if it's Asian. Because what all cultures, all religions, all groups of people know, if you take one drop of African blood and put it with another race, that person, the offspring, will be African. Mm -hmm. Those are called dominant genes. Mm -hmm. So think about why are the African genes so dominant? is because our adaptation to our environment wasn't purely out of survival. It was out of growth and adaptation. We were able to do so. Mm -hmm. When you live in a hot, arid environment, having melanin in your skin, that is a benefit. Mm -hmm. It allows you to work outside. It allows you not to gain skin cancer and things of that nature. Mm -hmm. The idea of being rich or poor, this is all manifested from society. This is a creation. Yep. R racism, uh, classism, it's all created. Mm -hmm. So when you have Asian people that think dark-skinned people, there's something wrong with it. Again, this is taught. This is indoctrination. And the mm -hmm. sad part is it really only applies to a very few, a very elite group of people. And everybody else just desires to be a part of the elitist. Right. So it, it you can call you can you can cross it out half who want to. The reason why Asian families want you to stay with Asia, because if you get one drop of African, you are no longer Asian. You are <laughs> no <African>. longer Asian. <laughs> yeah. If you are, are European descent, your whole entire family is from Europe and you're you have no, no melanin in your skin. You get one drop in African and you are no longer European. You are African at that point. Mm -hmm. And your children and your children's children are going to represent <laughs> Africa too. Mm -hmm. That is what they all fear. And that that is, is what they're all the upset about. Mm -hmm. Because the, the idea the, the idea that black is bad or this and that well the sheer numbers of black people should tell you opposite the sheer number of asian people should tell you that they're likely to reproduce and they have to stay within their group because as soon as they get out of their group what happens they blend into other societies yep mm. they, they have to they have to because if they don't they lose their identity they lose their culture and for China, China's more of a threat to white people than black people will ever be. Because right. they're actually trying to play the economical game against them. China's not trying to beat America or Russia in warfare. They are trying to win economically. Mm -hmm. mm. Yep. So why why they want us to be the bad guy? <laughs> I can the only thing that I can think of is they're afraid if we ever work together, they're afraid if we ever put our resources together, we will become so dominant of a people, we will change the culture of the world. Of so the they world. have to try to do something to suppress our growth. So that's all, and, and it's just, it's preservation, and we get it. And they they continue to keep us as a whole throughout the world disjointed and fractured because, oh, what a dominant power we would be in this world. And that's not even trying to speak out of fear or speak out of hate or anything like that. But that's just that's just like No, but you're but you're absolutely right. When, when do people react to things? When do they act? Mm -hmm. When they're scared of something. Right. Something scares you, therefore you feel you have to do something about. You know why nobody does anything to the Australians? Mm -hmm. 
Why is that? Because nobody's scared of the Australia. <laughs> you know why nobody does anything to Canada? Because mm-hmm. nobody is scared of the Canadians. But in America, they have to shoot unarmed black men. They have to target black men. They have to keep yep. us in the economic restraints. Why? Because the most dangerous creature the world has ever seen is an educated black man. The educated and they know that. Okay. They, I'm, just, I'm just telling you. I'm just telling you. Every time a black person comes to power, whether it's education, whether it's military, uh, what's my man's name that freed Haiti? Man. Yep, Toussaint. Yep, yep. That's, that's him. Toussaint yep. yep. So that, that's that's all we're going to say. And, and again, that's, that's not to you know, to stir up any division, but there's also to understand and to reiterate what I've mentioned before that I do believe that yes, the black community, yeah, definitely be accountable for ourselves and the actions that are committed. But of course, uh, actions of a few is not representative of a whole, you know, black people aren't, you know, attacking Asians. It's like, you know, the, the, the black community sends their regards, you know, a message from the blacks, you know, we're not doing that. But still, we still stand and stand and stand in solidarity, you know, against all hate, discrimination, prejudice, racism, and all that. But at the same time, I am not going to stand with you if you yourself are not doing the same. As far as let me check my faults at the door, let me check my shortcomings. I'll do that, but I won't stand with you and being the only one with my hand out and you haven't checked the long history, the long history of discrimination, hate, racism, uh, and prejudice in your ideology and in your community. So moving right along, that there is uh, quite a bit of uproar and a bit of polarized, uh, polarized conversation going on right now with the news of Warner Brothers basically kicking Henry Cavill to the curb and going to create a black Superman. Now, not any parallel dimension or, you know, a what if story, but a black Clark Kent Superman, and they're going to reboot it. And people are not happy about it. Some people are, are cool. Some people are happy, but a lot of people are mad about it. And, I am just curious because personally, I'm not really for it. I'm not really uh, for me, it. Um, me, me either. So I, I don't I don't want a black Superman. I, I don't care for a black Superman. I, I, I don't I don't care for any reiteration. I, I know in the comics there are black iterations uh of Superman. There's uh Val Zod, there's um Callus Ellens or something like that, something along that line. There's there are black supermans uh in the DC universe and parallel dimensions and stuff, but I, I don't care to see a black superman. Mr. Colts is is going to be the director of it. Uh and so people people are up in arms about it. And I'm I'm I kind of understand because at this point, that there's something that I need people to think about here because a lot of people is like well i don't see what the problem is it's just a fictional character they're just acting so people are you know acting uh just a, a, a role the, the race shouldn't matter and i was like eh, but i think it kind of does so you know peace what you think about this bro well you know I, I i like superman uh you know i'm a superman i'm a superman fan myself um, I guess right. this is a storyline of it all. But the fact that uh-huh. you're going to make, if you're going to do something, do something. If you're going to make it black, make it black. But that's not black. That's not ours. It's, it's Clark Kent is white, was still white. Even if you even if you put some melanin in his skin, to me, it's still white. I think the closest thing to Superman that we've seen on TV was Will Smith. Shout to Will Smith in Hancock. And uh-huh. uh, if you're going to do something, bring back that storyline. Go redo that storyline because that's Hancock. Hancock is black. He was already black. We ain't got to try to um, change up something. I mean, you know, I even had thoughts that, you know, certain things that we do um, because I believe sometimes when we do things like that, black people go see it because it's black. White people go see it to see if it fails. And, uh, 
it's got to get to that point of we saying, hey, well, let's create something else. You know, it could be a Marvel. It, it could be a whole new person. But to say we're going to make a black Superman and his name actually be Clark Kent. No, that ain't that ain't that ain't going to happen. That ain't right. That I'm, I'll, I'll, I disagree. Is that Michael B. Jordan? That, that's what they're saying. That they are wanting no. Michael B. Jordan to be no. the next black Superman. No, Michael B. Jordan is not the only. That's what they need to stop that too. Michael B. Jordan is not the only black, and I like Michael B. But he is not the only black actor out there. I mean, I mean, you know, he he got Creed. He's gonna be the next Black Panther. Mm -hmm. you know, he's gonna be the next Black Panther, and he just came off on on without remorse. Yep. I mean, doggone. I was gonna even put myself in there. I had a storyline for for the next Creed. You know, he had he had a friend. <laughs> He, he had a friend that went. He had a friend that went to jail named Minister Shaw. When Minister Shaw got out, of, when Minister Shaw got out of jail, he came looking for him and mm -hmm. said, "I was the one who taught you how to fight, and you abandoned me." That's a good storyline. I think it fits. Yeah, I think it fits. I think I think I think it works. Hey, you got to come see me. I'm the one who taught you how to, how to fight in juvie. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> but he is not the only black actor we got out there. I remember Craig used to have abs to steal like that. Craig, you remember that? Who was a long time ago? Crit <laughs> was all abs and nobody. <laughs> now just body, no abs. Now, you know, you know. Now, now to, to go back with the rem, uh, without remorse thing, the new Michael B. Jordan movie, they was also um, pissed off at Michael B. Jordan because um, the role that he played was it, it, it was a Tom Clancy movie. Um, and yeah. so the role and the character he played was originally a white man. Well, white so man, people yeah. were kind of pissed off about that. And so they, they they were pissed off mainly about Michael B. Jordan because you know he he's getting a bad rep of playing these type of tokenized characters where they're normally white, but Michael B. Jordan comes in and plays, you know, the black version. Like he played um um what what was the dude um Johnny Blaze? Yeah, 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 Fantastic yeah. Four. Fantastic Four. Uh, so he did that in Fantastic Four, and then you know they hated that. Uh, then they did the Tom Clancy movie, uh, where he played where the character was originally white. Listen to me, please, black people. We really got to get over this bullshit ideology that we're in, and thinking that nothing's legitimate until white people accept it. Or we're in a position that white people are in. And here's what I'm talking about. Y'all didn't like the Falcon that much. Y'all thought the Falcon was just the Falcon, you know, in, in the Marvel, you know, Captain America's best friend. But the moment he became Captain America, then y'all mm -hmm. thought he made it. Now, the, the show Falcon and the Winter Soldier, I thought was a dope movie. I thought a, a dope show. I loved it from, from beginning to end. But at the same time, y'all don't think that black heroes are legitimate or have made it unless they are in white roles or, or in or they've taken the mantle from originally white, white people. person. Yeah. We want a black Superman. Why? Because we don't think that we can create our own characters we want a black james bond why because we can't create our own characters we want a black ariel from little mermaid why because we yep. can't got got one our own yeah so it's like <laughs> hey, hey I, the baby. I, I i i even though i am a huge fan of hers her being little mermaid no i know I'm, I'm not with that no i, I don't like uh, and don't support a black Little Mermaid. I don't support a black Superman. I don't support a black James Bond or any other of these roles where y'all feel like we aren't legitimate. We aren't authentic. Um, not authentic, but we aren't worthy of this type of respect unless we're in an original white person's role. Mm. And it's like, y'all don't see how y'all cut yourselves short so bad. And thinking that the only way that we can be powerful, strong, creative, iconic is if we are in <clears throat> white people's roles or in white people's positions taking over 
their positions because we feel like that's the only legitimate thing that we have. And here is a here is why we don't need a black Superman because we already have one. Y'all don't even know who this guy is. His name is Icon. He's literally, mm. literally black Superman. But his his story, he was created back in 1993, Milestone Comics, created by a bunch of black artists and writers because basically they said, you know what? Let's start creating our own heroes. Let's start creating our own icons and our own people that we can look up to and identify with. No, we, we don't need a black Superman or black Batman or black Flash or black, you know, we, we don't need any of that. We'll create it ourselves. And so they created characters like Icon, Static Shock, all of these people that y'all y'all like. So they, they eventually came into a deal with DC Comics that, that allowed DC Comics to use their characters. So, but this is Icon. His story is a dope-ass story. Dope-ass story. I didn't do it justice. But it's like, I don't want a black Superman. I don't want a black Clark Kent. Give me Icon. Give me a movie about him. So it's like, And there's so many others that we've done, but we still don't feel like they are legitimate characters unless they're in the role or position or mantles of iconic white characters. And I think that's bullshit. I think that we cut ourselves short of doing that because how creative are we? Yeah. Like, do, do y'all understand how influential we are when it comes to any type of culture? Who 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 is, who has the thumb on any type of culture that of course they come in and capitalize on, but we just being ourselves and we make a trend and we influence on this dance here or this particular lingo here, the way we yeah. talk, the way we walk, the, the way yeah. we just the way we just be like you, you don't think we don't think we can do that. Like you, you don't think we can uh, create and create iconic characters that we can now build history with being well, black is iconic. Right. So it's like, we've been, and that's the reason they named him Ike icon. Like this will be our icon. This will be our Superman, but we don't even know about it, but we feel like we haven't made it. And we feel like the only way that we can be heard and we can be seen and we can be represented is if we take these historically white characters and make them black. And it's like, we don't have to do that. We can create our own. We really can. And I'm not with, because this is basically tokenization. It's literally just tokenization. It's just that there's no, there is a story to be told with the skin that you're in. There really is. And just to say, oh, well, Clark Kent is black now. What what story does that have other than the fact that, one, you think I'm stupid to think that, well, I'm just going to support it because, oh, he's he's black, so I'm going to support this because he's black. Uh, yeah. We're not that shallow. We're mm -hmm. not that shallow. So, like, the way these stories, Clark Kent, Bruce Wayne, and all these other people have, have stories that's been going on through decades, yeah, we want those stories, too. We want deeper characters, not just for the fact that, oh, like this superhero because he's black. Oh, yeah. no, go through Icon and just go through the story. Just his story of who he is, how he came to be, the fights that he had, the struggles that he had. It even brings it brings in social issues. It brings into politics, which he actually is a Republican conservative type thing. But he still um, fights for and talks to and, and uplifts his community like it's dope. It, it is it is dope. So yeah, I fanboy for a little bit there, but yeah, and plus there's a nice little crossover where him and Superman actually went toe to toe, and and um, you know he um knocked that boy around a little bit because you know you know that's just how we do things. That's how we do things. But okay, mm -hmm. but that's that's just it, man. Like you know people are upset, and I understand why because it's like I don't want to. I don't feel a need to touch your characters and because we, we act like race isn't a big deal, but it, it kind of is. It kind of is. And I would rather have my characters and my people be 
you know, authentic to me and not just say, well, aha, we, we took over your Superman. I, I, I don't, I don't, I, I don't care for that. I, I don't care to be, uh, have my intelligence insulted just because you, you took a white character, made him black and made him blow. Oh yeah. Hey, black Spider-Man, oh, hey, black Batman. Hey, like, Nah, I, I don't care about a black Batman. Just make me another character. All right. Mm-hmm. Black Panther, cool. Um, you know, Luke Cage, cool. You know, all right. You made another uh Green Lantern, John uh John Edwards or John Stewart, cool. Like, all right, you got other characters, created other characters. Like, nah, I don't I don't need you to just blackwash a white character. But that's it, man. That's that's all I gotta say to that. Um, here is a question I want to ask you. All right, <laughs> because this is the scenario that I talked about here at um at work that I kind of had people mad. So I'm gonna read this scenario to you. It says, "I have a question. So my girlfriend has kids, none by me. Personally, I have no kids at all. So this weekend is Mother's Day, and she is <laughs> consistently asking what I'm going to get her for Mother's Day." I went on to tell her not a damn thing because Mother Day is for my mom, not girlfriend, that she doesn't even carry or have kids by me. Am I wrong for telling her no? So is he wrong for not getting his girlfriend anything for uh, for Mother's Day when she is a mother? She has kids, but none by him. But what's y'all opinion? Anybody can chime in on this. Anybody. Can I get first on this? What's up? Go ahead. <laughs> so I've said this before, and I stand by this. Unfortunately, you can be right or you can be, or you happy. Can be, happy. be happy, but you can't be both. If you, if you choose to be right and understand what I said earlier, because I got uh-huh. my significant other beside me, so I have to choose my words very delicately. <laughs> But if you remember what I said earlier, uh-huh. how do they react? Uh-huh. How do yeah. they think? Uh-huh. And if, and if yeah. you think if you think what I'm saying is incorrect, then think about the last argument you had with your lady. Think about it. Really think about it now. Think about the last argument you had. Did you start it? Did you escalate it? Did it benefit you? Because if your answer is no, 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 and no, you can be happy or you can be right. But God damn it, you can't be both. You can't be both. <laughs> you just can't. Yeah. Oh, man. Peace, y'all. What do you think, man? <laughs> is he oh, right? Yeah, he's right. Yeah. He right? He's right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All day long. <laughs> Oh, but that's well, that's his perception, you know what I mean? Because I know, you know, she is still a mother, and it's Mother's Day, not your but mother. But the important so you... question, because what get what? Uh huh. What's secret? Oh, he's having some technical difficulties. Okay, yeah, you know, it is Mother's Day, so you know, on Mother's Day, we honor our sisters, we honor every woman who has a child. So, you know, um. Mothers, teachers, um, school custodians, um, the woman down the street that walks her dog that we know is a mother, um, that mother figure that we had, that 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 lady that always asks us that we want uh, some more tea when we're at the restaurant. You know, if we know they are mothers, then we honor them. Like I said, Mother's Day to me in my household um, is every day. So whether you are a mother, if I know your mother, then, you know, we honor you and give you glory every single day. In this particular situation, I think something happened. I think he's fed up at the fact that he don't have kids by her. And that's what really pisses him off. Because the question is, I don't have kids by her. That's, it don't matter if you got kids by her. She can have kids by 10 other men. It don't matter how many kids she got. She is still a mother. So I think that is what he's really pissed off at about. At the fact that he don't have kids by her. So that's, you know. That's something he needs to talk to her about, you know, whether whether their father's in their life, whether he needs to adopt or whatever that may the case may be. But if she asks him, what are you going to do for me? I would, you know, 
he could easily say, I'm do I do it every day. You know, I tell you I love you every day. You know, but like Craig said, you're gonna be happy or you're gonna be right. He could have easily just just tickled her fancy and said, Oh, I got you. Let but me, that uh, did let nothing. Me, oh. Let me piggy piggyback on that because you make a very interesting point. I I find it difficult to understand how he could even subsection the children from the mother. Does that mm. make sense? Yep. If yeah. you're going to fool with the woman, the children are a package deal. Yeah. I, I don't I don't understand how you can have one without the other. You, mm. you if you're gonna be her girlfriend. You're going to have to be a, a, a part-time stepdad, too. Yeah. I, I mean, I just don't see a way around it. She shouldn't mm -hmm. have even had to ask. He should have already had it ready to go. Yeah, yeah. To be honest with you. But if his position is, I, you're not my mama, and I don't have to do anything for you, this is, this is true. But this isn't logical thinking. Because yeah. you're, you're going to hurt this woman who's clearly had bad relationships, right? That's why we have yeah. multiple children anyway. And, but then somehow, you're going to stay in a relationship with her. So mm -hmm. I, I think it's asinine to look at a woman as, you, I can be with you, but I can't be with you. I, I can be yeah. your boyfriend, but I can't be a father to your children. Mm. I want all the benefits of being your boyfriend, but I don't want the responsibilities of being your boyfriend. Wow. So I, that's that's just me. I mean, that's to me. If you're gonna be a man, be a man. Do what men do. Men take responsibility and lead. Yeah, those aren't my kids, but that's okay because children need one thing. You know what that is? They need love. And if you're not gonna provide that, you need to step aside and let somebody who's real do the yep. job. Hello. Okay, All now. Right. So. I'm hitting them. I'm hitting y'all today. Facts. Listen, listen. <laughs> you want it today, but uh, okay. Let, let me go ahead and get my little sp this bill here. If it comes to me. I ain't giving you shit. <laughs> <laughs> you ain't getting shit from me. Listen here, because th this is th this is what I'm saying here. They said boyfriend and girlfriend. See, I feel like this. This brings me back to a particular instance that um, I don't think we talked about it here. Well, I think I did, but it was like one of the earlier pods where a woman detailed going on a first date with the man. Mm. And when, first of all, she was late on the date, but the man waited, you know, picked her up uh, and she had her child there. And before, and, and he's going to take her to drop off the child somewhere so they can go on their date. And so the woman was like, hey, can we swing by McDonald's and get some food for my child before I drop her off? Cool. They get to McDonald's, order food, and then the woman expected the man to pay for the daughter's food on the first date. And he was like, you know, you, you want to pay for your daughter's food? She got <clears> upset. <throat> and her response was, well, you know, you ain't hitting this. You ain't getting this pussy. This is what this reminds me of. Because even though we are boyfriend and girlfriend, that I, I don't see that as a means of me from the very beginning. I know there are children involved, but that does not mean that I am automatically obligated to them unless there is a more deeper or meaningful commitment that's made. Because these days, you don't know what boyfriend or girlfriend means. That just means that's just the guy that I've seen for the last three months. Or yeah. it's just the one that I'm that I'm having sex with on the side. So we like that 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 term means it it doesn't mean much to me, boyfriend or girlfriend. But one thing that is a thing is the fact that oh, when you get into relationships with women who have children, they automatically it's like here I am, here we are, take care of us from the get go, and I don't even know if I like you yet. So it's like. Even though in this case, no, not getting anything for you because who you decided to become or step into motherhood with has nothing to do with me. Mm. You, <laughs> so it's like you're <laughs> you 
you uh busting it open and and whoever you you made babies with yeah you, your mother's day gift would come from who 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 you made that baby with in in my opinion now if now now there's context here so if this was my girlfriend so to speak and we've been together for 2 3 years yeah I will because now I've had time to invest in you but if this has been 6 months Nah, I wouldn't. So what, I wouldn't do it. All right, so, so what if it's not your girlfriend, but you got a child with them? Like, if it's a woman that's in a relationship with someone else, like, 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 we got a kid together, but mm -hmm. you got a you got a man, but we got kids together. Mm -hmm. If I'm a man and I have a, a baby with a woman who's in a relationship with another man, then. Yeah, she is the mother of my child, so I mm -hmm. I will show her that respect. You know, however, that is still respectful to that relationship because you know I'm I'm not that that petty. So it's like, just in case I need to get all my stuff back. Yeah, I need. So <laughs> if I, you stupid, but it's like, if, you know, respectful to that relationship. Yeah, but but she will be shown the respect of being yeah. the mother of my children. Always. Uh, and of course, you know, I'm sending all my salutes, you know, so, you know, she's not the, the thing that gets me is the fact that she's consistently asking. What are you going to get me? What are you getting me? What are you getting me? That tells me that you have uh, you have a faulty expectation of me to where you want me to step into a position that I might not be ready for. We, we yeah. haven't even well, it's not so much that I'm created for, it, but it's we haven't. Um, there hasn't been any type of building or understanding to, and that's what a lot of women do. Is just for the 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 fact that oh, this is my opportunity, so take care of everything. Take care of, and like, well, I'm still trying to get to know you, so and and see the type of person you are. Just like yeah. that example I gave a while ago. Like, if we're on the first date and you're expecting me to buy, you know, children food for you and your children. And then you get upset when I'm like, no, you take care of your own children. It's amazing okay. you said it because sometimes they say, if you want to really know how somebody is, tell them no. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so, so she showed her true colors when he told her no. Yeah. So if, if there is an involvement there, if we've been, you know, if this is a deeper relationship, then I definitely will give you that salute, this, that, and third, because now I know I will have some sort of time that I will have to invest in these children because unfortunately, more than likely, statistically speaking, they will be with the mother most of the time. So you know, I know I'm going to have some sort of interaction with them, but then there's also going to be some sort of understanding I'm going to have even with the father or the child, if the father is still around uh, or whatever the case may be. So, you know, at that point, so let, let me reverse this and ask this question here. So according to these answers, you know, if, you know, yeah, respect her show her and celebrate her as a mother even though she has children that it's not from you if he's putting in that time and he is a part-time stepdad and things of that nature he's investing in the children he's teaching the children disciplining the children and and helping them guide them to be uh the the soon to be eventual you know contributors to society as they need to be when fathers day roll around should the mother celebrate him on Father's mm. Day, even though the children aren't his? Mm. Is it, it, okay. Well, um, dun, 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 dun. okay. What, what, what? So, just for this sake, I, I got a, a new mixer coming with some little soundboard. So trust, next part I'm about to have some sound effects up in this bitch. But okay. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> well, my grandfather always told me, you know, um, being a father isn't what you have, is what you do. Mm -hmm. And uh, being a daddy is based on what you have, you know, because, right. you know, you got baby daddies and then you got, you know, mm -hmm. and, uh, but a father, you know, I've had, like I said, I had father figures in my life. Um, I think even before, like, let me go, let me talk about my cousin, um, like, like Donnie, Donnie, Donnie doesn't, Donnie Thurman, he doesn't have any kids, but he's a father figure to so many. And just like my brothers, you know, you know, those who don't have children are godparents, their uncles, their coaches, their teachers. And 
just like a mother, just like I would a mother. Um, you know, I would honor you in that same ex expectation of respect. Mm -hmm. um, because you may not have a seed of your own, but you may have been a better father than somebody else's father. That makes sense. Right. Yep. Because cause I can I can, you know, like I said, I didn't have one. So it's so many uncles and so many people that, that I could say was my father. And um, mm -hmm. but in that regards, girlfriend, boyfriend, if he took on that responsibility and he accepted that and he's doing just those things that a father figure or daddy would do, if she feels like he deserves it, then the only one that would know that would be her. The only one that could give him that respect and that honor is her. And um, I, I say this all the time. I was telling uh, my ex-wife um, earlier, I said, you don't know how much it means. I don't care about anything else. Not my mama, not my boys, not 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 my, my, my homegirls. How much it means to hear you say Happy Father's Day, to hear you say you're a great father. You know, so mm -hmm. if that man, that boyfriend is doing what he has to do and stepped up into those kids' lives, and took on the responsibilities when he could easily ride out. He could easily say, but them kids, them kids ain't mine. Look, that baby don't look like me. That baby, you know what I mean? Like if, me. <laughs> if he really want, if he really is stepping up and doing that road, then the only person that can say that is her. So, I mean, should she? Should she? I ain't saying she should, but the only person that can really say he's doing those things that, that get him that title of saying, hey, happy Father's Day is her. Yep, because th that's basically what got me in trouble here. Because one, I was like, you know, I had my stance. No, he's not wrong at all. Like to to have that stance, uh, but um, at the same time, you know, of course, there's different contexts and stuff. Like now, you know, it doesn't say how long they've been together. But yeah. again, I look at the term girlfriend, boyfriend. That I, that doesn't really hold much weight. Yeah, and, not not and, not fiance, yeah, not like husband, wife. It really doesn't hold much weight in in dealing with in the modern terminology when it comes to dating and things like that. So you don't know how deep or shallow this situation is. But yeah. according to his description and how she was like constantly asking him, "Hey, do we? You know, what you getting me? What you getting me? What you getting me?" It tells me there's a an expectation, an entitlement there that no, he shouldn't have to live up to or he shouldn't subject himself to. And I think saying no uh, will actually reveal some very truthful things about that relationship. So then I pose the, the opposite question. So if you believe that he should get something for her for Mother's Day, even though she's a mother of children that isn't his, if he is there and because they're together, should she celebrate him as, as on Father's Day? And it was like, well, no. And I'm like, well, why not? They're together. You know why? Why not? So that that you know, I was causing a lot of a lot of uproar at work today. But that's just because you know there is a I don't want to say double standard, but there's a double standard. There is, yeah. When it comes to um, just reciprocity, you know, I mean, I'm really big on reciprocity. So it's like the energy you give, the effort you give, the love you give, the hate you give. The, the difference that you yeah. give, whatever you give me, that's what I'm giving back. Well, whatever you show me, that's what I'm showing back. If you showing me shiftiness, then I will be shifty with you. If you showing mm -hmm. me unconditional, you know, love and support, then I will show you unconditional love and support. That's just how I've always, I've always been. Just if you, whatever you give to me, that's what I'm giving to you. Um, and so, you know, I, I'm just, I just, it was a very interesting conversation. I was like, you know, I'm going to bring that to the pod just to see exactly what will happen. So when we have, you know, our our female guests and co-hosts over there, we're gonna we're gonna dive into more of these little hypotheticals and see uh, how these things play out. But but yeah, yeah, fun <laughs> stuff, fun stuff. But uh, that's basically all I had, man. Just you know, apparently. Uh, the system for those that that are listening, I did kind of kick myself out of the uh out of the pot because when I was about to go into my ain't shit mode, um, I, I guess that was my sign of okay, well let's ring it in just a little bit, but you know I think I still did my my devil's advocate do um uh, do justice, but outside <laughs> of that, that oh yeah, um you know the they're, they're talking about the Olympics is going to be in Tokyo this year, yeah. and. 
and they are talking about that they've already made some some very some very strong stances where they decided that you know what anything black lives matter will be banned no from the Tokyo Olympics so any type of apparel celebration anything anything pertaining to black lives matter it would be banned and athletes will be punished and i thought really? that was whoa yeah i was mm. like oh, y'all not playing today y'all are not playing today okay and, so uh, basically they plan on taking awards away from black people because that's not gonna I happen i believe so I, I didn't read too deep into it uh because honestly i didn't have time but i, I read you know of course the headline i saw a couple of videos and commentary commentations or whatever you want to call it um saw a few videos about it and i read you know a, a a short article about it but i didn't read what they would like take away awards but i believe that that would be a part of punishments there yeah. um there's no other punishment that you can do that bother me if i want what can you do to me take my money you can have that money that you gave me but that award you take that award now we might have a problem because you know they don't have a problem with you know striking you know names and stuff out of the history books and and nullifying awards and taking away medals and this that and the third they don't have a problem yeah. doing that so i believe that's i believe that's what they would do mm. and um i just i blame black lives matter incorporated for this yeah honestly i blame the organization itself because they've you know, we've said it time and time again. They've co-opted the message. They they made it something else other than what it was supposed to be. Um, yeah. They created uh, an American Feed the Children Foundation here. They they swindled people out of a hundred million dollars, and now the 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 co-owners are buying million dollar mansions uh, <laughs> for their families. So, you know, for them to be Marxists, they seem very capitalistic to me. But that's neither here nor there. But in the in the sense of political correctness, then yeah, the Olympics banned this because people was like, yeah, you know, we shouldn't speak uh, you know, political matters and stuff in sports and blah 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 blah, which is cool. But it brings me to that iconic image back into the 60s. It brings me to that. Yeah. Yeah. That image there. Um, but even still that was when a movement was unified that that was when it was pure it was unadulterated it was authentic so i'm honestly i'm not even really mad that tokyo that they're banning you know any blm apparel or propaganda because it is it's such a joke now hell it's not it's not even uh a thing anymore that's that's 2020 that's that's a year ago it's stop yeah. asian hate it's the new is the flavor of the month now. So, you know, I don't even feel any type of way about it, but I just think this is how far we've fallen yeah. from, uh, you know, from the iconic protests and the black power, the black Panthers, the civil rights movements of Dr. Martin Luther King and Malcolm X um, and the teachings of, you know, Marcus Garvey and uh, the, the teachings and the movement activism of Frederick Douglass and, you know, W.E.B. Du Bois and Booker T. Washington and all of these big figures, you know, now we have a, a co-opted movement that hasn't served the community it claims to serve in its name at all. Mm. At it's, 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 it's amazing you say that because, like, like you said, the relevance, the, the relevance of it right now is dying down. So why will y'all bring it back up? Yep. Because it'll get to that point that, mind you now, and I mean, if you, you know, we got some hood generation Z um, athletes that are going to be running from colleges mm -hmm. yep. that are so rebellious right now because, you know, that this is a rebellious society. They'll do it just because you said don't do it. Mm -hmm. they, they, they'll go out there and hold a fist up just because you said don't do it. Just to say, what you gonna do? But yeah. you know that, that and, I, and I believe they're gonna get tried. I mean, you know, I, I can imagine. You know, uh, shout to uh, DK Metcalf. You know, he ran a ten, a ten three, in a in a one hundred. I can imagine if if he were to be in the Olympics, 
he already got everything he want, you know, he yep. over here in America. He would be that rebellious just because y'all saying black people, this is what you're basically saying. Black people don't come over here and act like no nigga. Pretty much. <laughs> Pretty much. Because you cut you come over here and you acting up like that. This is what we're gonna do. We're gonna take them, we're gonna take those medals mm-hmm. and, and we're gonna show you how much power we got over here in Tokyo, which is political still. Y'all saying y'all don't want any politics around it, but you made it political when you made that statement. Yep. You made Black Lives Matter more relevant when you made that statement. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? But yet, once again, we just had a segment earlier talk about Asian hate. Mm-hmm. So I can have a shirt that says stop all Asian hate. Yep. Or I can have a shirt that say all lives matter. Mm-hmm. But I can't have a shirt that says Black Lives Matter. Right. You know what I mean? And so I'm really that's a really good point because I'm I'm really interested because I'm I'm pretty sure that we will see someone with the stop Asian hate, some sort of stop Asian hate apparel, uh, some sort of all lives matter apparel, or some other some other messaging that they have on something. It's, it's yeah. gonna be something, and I, I'm expecting to see it. I I just feel like it, I feel like it's gonna be there. It's gonna yeah. be there. Like I feel like this would have been better messaging if the the headline would have read um something like you know athletes barred from wearing political messaging uh, yeah. on their clothing. Uh, yeah, it didn't say that. It just says Black Lives Matter. Yeah. So you know, but it but they specifically pointed out Black Lives Matter. It's yeah. Kind of interesting. So I'm I'm waiting to see what particular messaging am I going to see on someone's shirt, headband, shoe, uniform, yeah. bag, whatever. I'm waiting to see what 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 I'm going to see, and then yeah, we'll we'll, we'll talk about this again. Yeah, <laughs> but matter of fact, really sh- matter of fact, shouts to Manny Mitchell, little cuz, mm-hmm. do your thing, got there in Tokyo now. Yes, sir. Yeah, yes, sir. You know, you know bring us back another medal. Yeah. Yes, sir. But uh, but that's that's it, man. So uh, Craig was uh dealing with some uh technical spousal difficulties, yeah. uh, so he is no longer with us right now. But um, you know, on behalf of Craig Mack and P Shaw, you know, that's basically all I got, man. But um, I think it was a pretty productive one. We're going to stick under an hour and a half. So we're going to get go ahead and shut this one down. But, you know, until the next time, please, please, everyone, please be sure to, you know, just spread the word. Help us out because, you know, we're nothing without y'all. Any comments, questions, concerns, you know, anything of that matter, feedback, uh, you know, post a comment on our YouTube channel. Please subscribe to that YouTube channel at Talk My Credo. Uh, we, we're, we're steadily growing. We're steadily growing. So we're, we're trying to get to 100 subscribers right now and then you know we're going to go to the next to the next milestone so we're right at like 64 65 which is a big deal for me so let's go ahead and get to that 100 then we'll start working on getting to that next tier but you know all anything else man be sure to hit that email at talkmycredo at gmail.com uh once again on behalf of craig mac p shaw and myself dante credo This has been another episode of the Talk My Credo podcast. Stay safe. Um, You know, just keep striving to be better. Uh, Take accountability for yourself, but also live for your people. You know, Um, have have that self-ambition to do better for yourself, but also have the considerosity. That's a made up word. Also be considerate of others into making your area, your, your your block, your community, your city, your state, your nation a better place. So, with that being said, I'm going to be Shaw, Craig Mack, and myself. We see you when we see you. Peace. Peace.